Good evening, and thank you for joining us for our first message of 2021. Uh, it is a privilege to be with you all uh, on this January 3rd. I hope that you had a blessed holiday, uh, at least with your immediate family, that you were able to enjoy uh, the people you love so dearly, and that you were able to create new memories. I look at 2020 as a sort of a time capsule year, uh, a time that we're going to look back on in the future, um, that the newspapers will report on, and you know how we look at things now, that were, you know, the Spanish pandemic, for example, in what, the early uh, 1900s, and, and, you know, look at these things. These are historical times, is my point, that we're living in. So I hope you created some memories that you can share with your family uh, and, and perhaps generationally going forward that you can talk about the Christmas of 2020, for example, and how you all had to hunker down and be with the immediate family and all the unique things you did to um, cherish each other and to celebrate Christ in that season. But tonight I'm going to talk to you about a message that I hope will excite you, that will, uh, that I feel like indicates a turning point. But let's pray and let's ask God to be in our midst and uh, let's hear what he has to say tonight. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to enter into another year. We thank you for bringing us through a tumultuous season, Lord Jesus. And, and you know uh, when this thing will shift, uh, when this thing will end, how things will look going forward. And God, as long as we're in you, we can trust that we can walk safely with you, Lord Jesus. God, we... Uh, ask you to be in our midst tonight, that you would anoint our hearts and minds, God, that you would guide us and lead us, Lord, by the power of your spirit, Lord Jesus. Speak to us your word this night, Lord Jesus. Help us, O oh God, to walk in you, Lord. We ask it all in that wonderful name of Jesus. Let's sure say amen. Amen. I want to read to you from a pretty familiar passage of scripture tonight. I'm going to read to you part of it, and you can go back on your own time and read the rest. But as I was studying for a lesson, uh, earlier in this uh, year, uh, this this passage of scripture stood out to me, and I went, "What is that all about?" And uh, you know, there with me, I'll, I'll I'll say that when I come to those kind of moments, sometimes God will often bring me back to those scriptures at later times, and uh, they'll have some meaning. So I believe that has happened this time, and I'm going to share that with you tonight. Uh, I'm going to read from you from John 11, the familiar scripture of uh, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And uh, let's hear what God has to say. John 11 says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. In other words, Jesus was saying, what's happening is a setup. So verse 5 says, so although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Now, here's the part that caught me the first time I read this. Verse 9 says, Jesus replied, 
there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. Is it me? Or does Jesus' response seem somewhat out of place for this discourse? The disciples remind Jesus uh, that this was the same town that ran you out before. In fact, they wanted to kill you. And, and you know, Jesus responds with this whole thing about night and day. It's like, huh? And they, like us, were probably scratching their heads. Well, what is Jesus talking about? Well, the whole concept of 12 hours a day, 12 hours a night, I mean, that's no big deal. I mean, that's how they, that's how they divided their days. And, uh, but in the context of what Jesus is talking about, or the context of him going back into this town, should I say, uh, amongst his people who did not receive him and frankly wanted to kill him, seems pretty odd. What are you talking about, Jesus? So as is typical with Jesus, what he often says has deeper meaning than what's on the surface. You're worried about what's going to happen to me, but let me tell you, ain't nothing going to happen to me until I say it's going to happen to me. This, this is really what Jesus is saying in a nutshell. I'm the one who governs night and day. I'm the one in control. And as long as I'm in control, it's all good. I got this. As surely as I decided when I was going to be born into this world, I will decide when I will be offered up. No man can take my life. When I get ready, I'll lay it down. I mean, that's what Jesus was saying to, to the disciples, essentially. So, so Jesus is not worried about the haters in Judea, whether what they were going to do to him or not. Right? Jesus had people there. His friends were calling for him. There was work to be done in Judea, and he knew that. He had more friends there than Martha and Mary and Lazarus, the ones who are pinpointed in this story. There were people in Judea who wanted to believe. There were people in Judea that, given the right circumstances, were going to come to Christ. And Lazarus' death, remember, he said this thing happened and God would get the glory. Lazarus' death, it's just a situation that was needed, in this case, to bring glory to God and cause these people to believe and follow Jesus. So Jesus is saying, listen, you don't get it. I am day. And as long as day is here, there will be no stumbling with me. And by the way, this is the first time, you, if you think about this day and night language, this wasn't the first time that Jesus used that language uh, when he was speaking with disciples and others. Remember that blind man back in John 9? Again, go back and read it on your own time. I'll give you a quick excerpt from it. I want you to hold on to that day and night language. John 9 verse 1 says, And Jesus was walking along, and he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world with you, I am the light of the world. Jesus is consistent. 
And as long as Jesus is in the world, it is day. Regardless of when the physical sun sets and rises, it's all day. Night is coming, but it is not yet. Jesus' spirit is in this world, pushing back the darkness. We must carry out the task assigned to us, knowing that he has sent us. We are guided by his light. It is day because Jesus said so. And as he told his disciples before, heading back to Bethany, I know I'm switching stories on here, but hold on. right? As he told them before heading back to Bethany to raise Lazarus, people don't stumble in the light. Not only will Jesus not stumble because he sees clearly, because he's in control, but those who are in him. right? You and I, brothers and sisters, who are in Christ, who bear his spirit, who are led by him. When we are in him, when we are guided by his spirit, we will not stumble either. Listen to me, people of God. God is going to have people sin for you. If you think about that for a minute. This was also, go back and read that prophecy of February 23rd, when God said he was going to send people. Part of that is that God is going to send, going to have people uh, sin for us. Right now, there are situations, situations, I'll call it percolating, uh, where things are getting bad. They're getting dark. Lazarus was not only dead, but he was, well, in our definition of dead, he wasn't just dead, he was long dead. He was done. Jesus waited just a little extra time to make sure that there'll be no mistake about this thing that's going to happen. Right? His situation was dead. There are situations right now that they are looking very, very, very dark to people. God is allowing those things to percolate. Right? He wants to do some miracles. He wants to do some things in the midst of those people who hated you. Those people who previously ran you out. Those people who called you all manner of things. Those people who rejected you before. And God is saying, I'm going to send you right back into those same situations that you were previously run out of. And I'm going to do works among those people that are going to bring some souls to me. I am going to be glorified in these things. So if you get an odd call from such and such. Who can stand your guts? Or you get a, you know, a, 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 a text message or, or whatever from somebody who's requesting your prayers, right? Don't be dissuaded. Don't don't look at that phone and go, I know they didn't call me. Them are the same ones who cursed me out. Those are the same ones who called me everything but a child of God. Don't be dissuaded. Don't let anything stop you or anyone stop you. And don't reminisce too long on how bad that situation was last time. Right? I know some of us have, for the love of Christ, we want people to, we want people so desperately to know him that, that we've gotten into some, you know, maybe we got in some territory we shouldn't have. We got in some heated debates, right? Because we wanted them to understand that things got out of hand and, 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 and the thought of going back into those scenarios kind of makes our stomach go, oh my goodness, that was bad, right? Don't be dissuaded. When they send for you, go back in. God has created the situation that he's going to get the glory. So don't hesitate. Go back in. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Whether that's a prayer what God has work he wants to do. He is the light of the world. And as long as Jesus Christ is in control, you can walk safely. It is day. Nobody can stop you. You can't stumble. It's not night. Nobody stumbles at night. Not, not in Christ. We don't stumble at night. God is in control. Go back in. So yeah, they're going to be bad situations. 
you can't deal with them alone. It's going to take the power of God to do that. Not one of us in our own strength can raise somebody from the dead. Not one of us in our own abilities can heal someone, change someone's life circumstances. Yeah, the things that God's going to send you back into, they're going to be really bad. I'm, I'm telling you right now, they're going to be really bad. They're going to be bad to the point of no return, like unto death type of situation. It's going to be bad. You know those people in your life you've been praying for, right? You thought when they hit bottom, maybe they'll turn to Jesus. And then somehow things got worse and they still didn't turn to Jesus. You go, man, how low is bottom for these folks? Right? I'm not being critical. Think about your own life. We, we had to hit a bottom and maybe that bottom was a little lower than we thought. But Jesus knows what bottom really is. He has people. He has people in your circles that want him. And he's going to bring about those situations that are going to allow them to break free. Going to allow them to come to him. In fact, they're going to be saying, what took you so long? You'll be like, huh? I was waiting on you. Doesn't matter. Like Lazarus, sickness. You know, Jesus didn't just rush back into town when he heard the news. No, he waited. He waited until the situation to Lazarus. He was good and dead. Let me put it like that. Lazarus was good and dead. He was wrapped and buried for days. When Jesus goes back into these situations through you, when he uses you to go back into these scenarios to demonstrate his power, there's going to be no rationalizing. And nobody's going to be saying, well, maybe. No, no, no. It's going, to be no it's going to be no mistake what happened. When Jesus called forth Lazarus out of that grave, it was over. God, will, God was glorified. And so it shall be in the scenarios that Jesus will send you back into. No man is going to be able to take credit for those things. God will get the glory. He's going to use you to bring it about. Going back to the story last in verse 12, it says the disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, remember that. Okay, so we, we I took a big, you know, uh, not a digression, but, you know, I, I interrupted our story in a big way right there. But I wanted you to hang on to that point. But after he said to the, to, after the disciples said to him, uh, you know, what are you going to go back in for? Like those people ran you out. And Jesus gave them this whole thing about night and day. And then he picks back up in verse 12. He said, disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping. He will soon get better. And they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus was dead. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is not dead. For your sakes, I am glad I wasn't there. Think about that. For the disciples' sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas nicknamed the twin said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. So now they ain't missing it big time. But but I want you to take note of what was said here. Jesus says, no, no, no. Now you will really believe. So the disciples were having a belief struggle. I'm, I'm going to let you know some things. Right, right? Did you catch that? His response was, now you will really believe. People of God, I know it's been a minute. Right? I've been at Newark, for example, for hmm. 25 years plus, right? I remember the days when we had powerful moves of God, you know, uh, uh, people getting baptized every Sunday and, and, and multiple times during the week and baptisms consistently and, and, and all kinds of things happening. And it, and it seemed like it's been years since those um, visible things. Maybe I'll put that because God has been working all along. I want you to know that even though it hasn't looked like it necessarily, at least if we're comparing, God has been working all along. But 
it, maybe it seems like, man, what, what is going on here? Maybe it seems like things are dying. I'm telling you, it is not so. God is at work. God is at work. And God is going to do things in this season coming up. I don't have an exact time. I'm just going to put it that way. In this season coming up, right before our faces, that are not only going to make believers out of others, but they're going to renew our belief, if you will. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to strengthen us. They're going to cause us to really believe, as he said to the disciples. God has it all under control. He is at work. The things he's about to do are going to blow our minds. I'm telling you, you have walked with him for years. You have hung in there. I don't know about you, but I often think about that verse that says, you know, that when Jesus told the disciples that greater works will be doing his name. And I said to Jesus, where, where are all these greater works? I'm telling you, they are coming. They are coming. I'm not going to make any disclaimers. You know, my, my flesh wants to, you know, well, maybe this way, man. I'm making no disclaimers. I'm giving you what thus saith the Lord. I'm giving you what God has laid on my heart. They are coming. It is day. We can walk safely. When they send for you, go. That's all I got to tell you. That's the bottom line of my mind. When they send for you, go. God is creating situations right now. He's been creating situations for a minute that have made it right for you to go in in the name of the Lord. God is going to work through you. Don't you take credit for anything. It has nothing to do with you. It doesn't. You can be a babe in Christ. It has nothing to do with your status. It has nothing to do with your maturity. It has nothing to do with how long you've been in or whether you've been in and you just came back because all this is about God. This is God doing it. This is God who's going to get the glory for it. There are people who want to believe and God is going to direct them to you. He's going to direct them to you. You won't be able to identify them in your flesh. You and I, we don't know who wants to be saved and who doesn't. We have no idea, but God knows. Be led by his spirit. And when they send for you, go. It is safe. There are people. They're genuinely confused. I know we can't, we can't rationalize. How, how can they be confused? But there are people who are genuinely confused. They don't know what to think about Jesus. But they want to believe. Here at the end of the, of the dialogue with the blind man when he was speaking to the Pharisees and Jesus. I'm going to go back to that story and go back to John 9. Uh, they've been interrogating this poor blind man and trying to find out a way to discount what happened. Jesus healed them and they, the Pharisees just had him pegged as a sinner. In fact, they had him pegged as a sinner and they had Jesus pegged as a sinner. And they're trying to make this man explain how it is that he was healed. So I'm going to pick up at verse 24. And it says, so for the second time they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this. Because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied. But I know this. I was blind and now I see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciples. We are Moses' disciple. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Oh, pay attention right here, because this little this little old blind man who could now see drops of knowledge on him. He goes, Why? That's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know, 
meaning you and I both, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. You are trying to teach us? They threw him out of the synagogue, so they're indignant that this man dropped some knowledge on him because he surely did. He called him out. And when Jesus heard what happened, verse 35 says, he found the blind man and asked, do you believe in the son of man? And the man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. I'm telling you, there's lots of people out here like this blind man who they know of Jesus. They're in desperate situations and they would answer the same given the right circumstance. I want to believe in him. And Jesus replied, you have seen him and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe the man said and he worshiped Jesus. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to tell you. As you go about doing what God has called you to do, I want you to take note of what happened uh, in that story. They were discrediting Jesus. They didn't stop Jesus. So when people disregard, um, discredit you, or want to call you something that you're not, don't even pay them any attention. You just go walk in God. You just go and do the thing that God has called you to do. Right? If they, if they blaspheme our God, if they if they uh, discredited Him, who are we? Serving is not greater than His Master. Just go on and be about your Father's business. So there are those whose whole lives are the way they are on purpose. I know that's hard for us to believe. We see two examples here. We see the example of the blind man, right? We see the scenario that God created with Lazarus' death, right? There's lots of scenarios that God has created for the for His purpose, that so that He can get the glory, and not only will others believe, but our faith is going to be strengthened as well. There's this whole ripple effect. When, when God does works among people, right? There, there's a whole ripple effect. Let's go back to the one, for example. There was a ripple effect that happened after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. There was a ripple effect that happened after he healed the blind man. You know, the 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 miracle wasn't just contained to Bethany, right? It, it rippled out. And it was after Lazarus was raised from the dead that um, there was a dinner held in his honor. Again, he's just, I'm not sure if, you, if you've ever put these in context. Uh, there was a dinner held in Jesus' honor back in Bethany. And that's the dinner when Mary uh, broke the jar of expensive perfume. We know about that, right? And she anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. You go and read all John 12, but I'm going to go to John 12 and just pick up a little bit. But I want to talk to you about this ripple effect that happened when Jesus performed those miracles. I want you to know there's going to be a ripple effect that's going to happen when God uses you and I to perform miracles in people's lives. There's going to be a ripple effect also. John 12 and 9 says, well, when all the people heard that Jesus, um, of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man that Jesus has raised from, had raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. God's will was accomplished in that scenario. Many people stopped believing in the false doctrine. Many people stopped believing in that which was wrong and they began to believe in Jesus. I'm telling you, people of God, that people are going to flock to you. Make no mistake, I'm not talking about any glory for us. Zilcho, we get none. Not about us. This is about souls coming to Jesus Christ. People are going to flock to you. 
and to um, those who God has touched. Wanting a piece of this thing. Some of them going to be just straight up gawkers. You always got the people that just want to see what's happening. They don't want to believe. But some will become believers. In fact, many will become believers. And some, unfortunately, will plot against what God is doing and desire to snuff you out. Snuff out the miracles that God has taking place. But it doesn't matter. Right? God cannot be stopped. It is day. We can walk safely. Right? They're going to be uh, people who have healed. They're going to be walking billboards for Jesus Christ. People going to find, how did you, you know, who healed you? And, and, and they're going to they're get directed. Some to us. You know, some to other uh, uh, truth-believing uh, churches around this world. This is not exclusive to Newark UPC. Right? But God is going to direct folks to us. It's going to blow our minds. I'm getting ready. It's going to blow our minds. Going to be contrary to the way we think evangelism is going to happen. And we have our own ideas about evangelism, but I'm telling you, God's going to do a thing that's going to change the way we think about evangelism because when you can't contain His Spirit, God has people, He's going to go to great lengths to get them. I want you to remember do not be deterred. There are going to be people around you that are going to say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. They're going, the harm is going to come to you. Don't, don't go and remember what happened last time. I'm telling you, don't be deterred. It is day. You can walk safely. God is with us. And I'm going to end on this note. I'm still going down. I'm in John 12. I'm pick up at verse 12. It says, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. And they shouted, praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail the King of Israel. And Jesus found the young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. And his disciples didn't understand at that time that this was the fulfillment of the prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remember what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Verse 17 says, many in the crowd has seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb. Talking about that ripple effect. Raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about these miraculous signs. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there is nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. See, that's, that's what happens when you walk by the leading of the Spirit. When you walk when God say to walk. When you do what God says to do, there's nothing anybody can do about it. You understand? It is day. It is day. Those same Pharisees were, were the same ones involved in the plot to take out Jesus and take out Lazarus. And, 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 and they were rendered powerless by the Spirit. It is day. Go ahead and walk safely in your Jesus. There's nothing anyone or anything can do about it. No principality, no evil powers, no rulers of darkness, no spiritual darkness in high places. It is day. Walk safely. When they call, go. God has created the situation. And he is going to use you. Don't be surprised in how he used you. He's going to work miracles through you. So that many will believe. Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord. For the work that you're going to do. We thank you for the souls that are coming. We thank you for the situation that you are creating right now, Lord Jesus. They're going to prepare hearts and minds to receive you. 
Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us, for oh God, to be a part of this great work, Lord Jesus. Help us to be led by your spirit, Lord. Help us to be guided by your light, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, send us into dark situations, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, that we can be the light of the world that you intended for us to be through you, Lord. Oh, grant it, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name this day, Lord. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us, oh God, to be sensitive to your spirit, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walk safely. It is day. God bless you. Have a blessed 2021.